Welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brent. And this episode, we are talking about SST21, Black Flag, the first four years. This is the second compilation, I believe, that we are looking at. The first one was the blasting concept. Oh, no, sorry, and I'm already correcting myself. We did look at Everything Went Black, which had a bit of a compilation uh, slant to it. This one, though, reproducing Black Flag's earliest releases all in one spot. And I'm going to start by saying, Brent, this episode is kind of your fault because when we started this, you said, we're not going to skip over anything. Yep. We're going to do every every release, every compilation, every single. And here we are going through mostly stuff we've been through before, and um, it's all your fault. <laughs> Well, we'll uh, we'll try and we'll try and spruce it up a little bit. I don't think everything <laughs> everything went black really counts. Maybe as a compilation, it's no, because it was no, all it all un- unreleased stuff at that point in time. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I kind of I corrected myself as I corrected myself. Um, one quick spiel though before we get into the first four years. I don't know if you heard about this, Brant. We. A number of episodes ago, we're talking about tribute albums for SST bands, mm-hmm. and we mentioned there was a Black Flag one, the Do Hooskers one, the Minimet one. I found another Husker Do one, actually. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but the one that I did locate since then was a, a Black Flag tribute album, and now you probably get to correct me again because it has actual black flag members on it so i don't know if you can call it a tribute but it's called gimme 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 reinterpreting black flag okay and it has des kadena keith morris kira rossler uh it also has mike watt on it but it's six songs and it's it's rise above gimme 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 six pack nervous breakdown Thirsty and Miserable, and then the sixth song is called In the Jailhouse Now, which is kind of a bluegrass standard. I'm not sure if Black Flag ever did that one. Hmm. Um, what label did this best, come out on? So this came out on The Secret Life of Records in 2010, and the, the best way I, I could describe this, this is really weird, but you remember that X offshoot band called The Knitters? Yeah. So this compilation is kind of like former Black Flag members with a bunch of other musicians doing Black Flag songs, and it sounds kind of like the Knitters, kind of country picking, almost kind of a surf guitar kind of sound to it. Like when Kira Rossler sings, she sings Gimme, 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 and it almost sounds like Patsy Cline singing it. Same Hmm. with Nervous Breakdown. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really, really weird record. So there is Des Kadena's on it, uh, a guy named Kyle Kadena, I can only assume is related to Des, a guy named Jimmy Destry, and I recognize that name, but I can't remember from where. Hmm. Kira is on it doing bass and vocals. Watt is on it as well. But there's like violins, keyboards. It is a weird, weird record. But here's the question for you. Okay. Because when I mentioned the tribute album Rise Above, which has a, a number of Black Flag members on it. Oh, and you know, I'm just reading this too. Joe Biza's on this too. Hmm. 
What a weird record. Is this a tribute album? It's called Reinterpreting Black Flag, and it has Black Flag members on it. Yeah, it's a tribute album. In the late 90s, early 2000s, when there was a tribute album boom, a lot of the like hair metal bands were doing that. Like there'd be like a tribute to LA Guns or something like that, and it would have people from LA Guns on it. That, there was a lot of that. So yeah, it's a tribute album. It's you would ma- know. It's making me. Th- <laughs> it's making. <laughs> it's making me think of that uh, Black Velvet Flag album. Do you have that? I know what that is. I've never heard it. Is that any good? Uh, well, I have it. It's a. I mean, it's a novelty, right? Yeah. I haven't listened to it for years. It's like, uh, if it, for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's lounge versions of, and like they were a real band. They played shows and stuff. It's lounge versions of um, like early LA punk, like, oh, what do they do on it? Code Blue by TSOL. And I can't even remember what all they do on it. Maybe a fear song, maybe a germ song. And uh, the cover is a parody of, of the uh, Decline of Western Civilization cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize And it's called that. Come Recline With Us, I think, or something like that. I can't remember if they do Black Flag on it or not. It's been many, many years since I've listened to it. It's not one of those... It wor- it's not something you go back to. No, but is it worth checking out? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. So if you came over to my place and I wanted to play something that was different and new that you would give a chance... I'd actually put on this reinterpreting Black Flag 12 inch. It's only like six songs. Hmm. It's well done, uh, but it's really, really weird. And it's worth a listen, I would say. Well, I'll check it out. One other thing, just before we get to the first history lesson, I seem to recall when we were doing some of these old Black Flag releases, there was a question about the lyric nebbed out, and we had someone help us on that. Did we have a chance to talk about what Milltown High means? Uh, yeah, we got, so it's kind of relevant because uh, we're talking about um, the Nervous Break, or is it Nervous Breakdown? Jealous, Jealous Again. Jealous Again. Yeah, so uh, Jealous Again, which of course is on the first four years. Andre Delbos, Delbos got a hold of us on Facebook and he says, Milltown is a name of a defunct drug that was in the Valium family, hence the uh, Milltown High pun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another coded reference to drugs, and thanks to Andre for sending that in. We we love getting stuff like that. Once again, uh, please send that stuff in. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tumblr. You can email us, mojackpod at gmail.com. We love hearing from people, so keep sending that stuff in. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we never would have figured that out. I don't even think the Google machine would have done that. No. Hey, uh, I have a correction to make. I have to correct Lay myself. I could be mistaken about this, but in the Metal Circus episode, I said something about Bob Mould being one of the only SST guys or people with, uh, you know, to write his, their own book, a first-hand account. And right. I remembered that Kim Gordon wrote one a couple of years back called Girl in a Band. Oh, yep, yep. It's sitting on my shelf right here, and I saw it sitting there, and and uh, I was really kicking myself because it's a great book, so I want to I wanna give a shout-out to Kim Gordon and, and apologize yeah. for, for my error. Yeah, 
that's a good one too. I mean, that's a good one to mention. I really enjoyed reading that book and I got a, I am not as big of a Sonic Youth fan as you are. I know that, but that one I thought would be really worth checking out. And it is an excellent book. A couple of sad parts, I must admit, but, um, a really, really cool read. So that's a good one to point out for Mm -hmm. sure. Do you want to get into this, uh, first four years? Let's do it. The first four years. I feel like uh, it's deja vu all over again, but let's do it. History lesson, part one. Okay, so the first four years is essentially the first few... The first four years. It's the first four years. (laughs) (laughs) First few releases by uh, SST of Black Flag uh, releases. It has Nervous Breakdown, Jealous Again, Six Pack... But it also collects a couple of tracks off of some compilations on New Alliance Records, yep. which was uh, kind of the Minutemen label, Mike Watt, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure D. Boone was involved in that. We've been through all these songs before, but the two new ones, I guess, are Clocked In and Machine. And Clocked In shows up on... The New Alliance compilation called Cracks in the Sidewalk. And that's actually the very first New Alliance Records release. It gets re-released by SST as uh, SST-92. So we'll get to that one in about five or six years from now. And the other one, Machine, is off of uh, New Alliance Records number three compilation called Chunks. Mm -hmm. And that one was also released by SST as uh, catalog number 69. And so these are both Des tracks, which is interesting. Yeah. Because he kind of came and went just kind of like, I don't know, like Keith, Ron, and Des, they feel like they came and went really quickly, but I think Des has the most stuff recorded that you can you can get on compilations and stuff, right? Yeah, well, they really, you know, I think made it a concerted effort to make a full length with Des. And that's probably yeah. why. And they almost did. It's interesting when you read, um, like Henry Rollins talks about the first four years, every chance he gets. And, you know, he always talks about how Black Flag was Greg Ginn's band and how he was just a singer. You and I are um, a couple of the guys out there that really like the Henry Rollins era in particular. When he says that stuff, I think he's just being humble. That's what I think. Yeah, totally. But I will say, when you look through, uh, there are a couple of YouTube videos where he mentions it, and then in all three of his Fanatic books, which are just basically the track lists of his radio shows with some explanation, every time anything early from Black Flag comes on, and he only plays early Black Flag, uh, he always mentions the first four years, and he basically says, it's the only black flag you need to own. In um, the second edition of Fanatic, Henry Rollins says, he's talking about Nervous Breakdown. This song is available on what I think is the best black flag CD called The First Four Years. It's 20-some minutes long and says more in that time than most bands say in their whole careers. And, he, and then he also goes on to say, I did a lot of shows with Keith in 2003. And I'm still in awe of how explosive and age- ageless he is. Talk about the real deal. Keith defines it. And you know he's a big fan of Keith. 
in the band for sure. Yeah, someone. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what they were referencing. I can't remember, but somebody basically was giving a shit on Twitter saying even Hen- Henry Rollins says Keith is the best vocalist in Black Flag. Probably I was talking up Henry in an episode or something. And I mean, what else is he going to say? Well, just you know? because we like Henry Rollins doesn't mean we like as as our favorite Black Flag singer doesn't mean we don't like Keith, Dez, or even Ron for that matter. Well, for sure. No, but I mean, what else is Henry going to say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like He's not going to play stuff from when he was in the band on his radio show. No, know? I know, I know. Um, in volume three of Fanatic, again, he brings it up relentlessly. He says, um, this is an interesting quote, though. It's it's around discussing the first four years, but I thought you'd get a kick out of this. He says, uh, this song, and he's talking about Fix Me, which is one of my favorites, says, before SST kind of went under, or wherever they reside now, they put out some strange versions of some of their catalog. They went nuts on releases like Nervous Breakdown. And it's not all that easy to find now, but they made a three-inch CD of that EP. I guess they were trying to get the collectors going. And then this is the part I love. He says, I wish they would have put out the Stains album on CD instead. Yeah. Do you have any of those three-inch CDs? No. I've seen them in stores, but I don't own any. I've got a number of them, and uh, I can only play them on one CD player in my house. You could play them maybe on know, a disc man because you have to have that like thing that you stick them on, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You got to have a little uh, sprocket. Yeah. Um, later on, in the same book, volume three, he's talking about Clocked In. He's playing that one. He says again, uh, this track is easily available on the Black Flag CD the first four years. This was always one of my favorite Gin guitar solos. It's the Gin on Maximum Kill. Dez's voice is so great on this song. We played this song on the Rise Above tour in 2003, and that's when Keith was touring around with him. And it was one of my favorite parts of the set. The staying power of early Black Flag material cannot be overstated. Gin is one of the great guitar players of our time. And then he says, I wish the Gin put this one on the Damaged album. Yeah, well, as you're going to hear me say when we get to the ballot result, I do agree with his assessment of the Gin's guitar playing in Clocked In. It's pretty righteous. So righteous. Hey, Ryan, I'm trying to think back now. When we first talked, talked about this, was there not something about... Brian Migdal not getting credit on credited on the original EP. Yes, exactly, and listed as Robo. Yes, because my LP has him listed. It does. Mine yeah. has my, Brian Migdal for tracks one to four as well. Good. Glad to see that corrected. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we might have mentioned that before, but when I was reading through the Fanatic books about this release, there is a comment making note that. Something along the lines of they were pissed at Migdal, so they kept him off, but then they corrected it later on, and that is good to see for sure. Okay, well, that's a bit of the backstory for the first four years. Let's talk about the actual release itself. History Lesson, Part 2. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You know this, but I'm going to tell, the, I'm going to tell our listeners, for next week's episode, the St. Vitus episode, we have a guest, Joe Carducci, discussing... St. Vitus, their debut album, which he produced. While I had him on the line, I asked him a few questions about this release, just to kind of have a few things in here as a, 
is a bit of a teaser for next week. So one of the theories I had as like you and I have been talking about the LP, that didn't come out until 1988. This was originally released on cassette only, which I don't have, but uh, my theory was that they did that uh, so they could let the first three EPs go out of print because you read so much about them struggling to maintain their new releases and keep the old stuff in print. And you have to think at a certain point in time, like these albums weren't maybe weren't selling as much. And so if they're just kind of dripping out, again, these are all assumptions on my part, that it would make sense to just let them go out of print and just compile them cassettes were I'm assuming cheap to reproduce at that time and here's what Joe had to say about that you know I had no interest in cassettes um I bought a lot of blanks and recorded you know bands at the gigs but I never bought store-bought cassettes and I didn't want to hassle them myself in production time because it complicated you know it was bad enough to do vinyl and then we had cassettes and really uh, uh the last mastering I did was our first three format mastering with the first CD, which was Blasted Concept Volume 2. And I just thought, well, I'm glad I'm going to miss out on <laughs> the CD era because it was it was a killer to, you know... Reformat the art and everything. Yeah, yeah. It just made it made it so complicated and this, the sonic problems are different and, uh, and uh, so I have very few... SST releases on CD because, you know, they weren't coming out on CD when I was there. Right. Um, but uh, the cassettes were something Greg and Chuck, they would kind of, they did a lot of talking to, you know, uh, their fans, you know, and people at gigs, and then they would talk to Posh Boy, and Posh Boy was doing cassettes. And, you know, in England, there was a big push to cassettes. You know, Malcolm McLaren got behind it, and, you know, and I, I thought it was, you know, the same bullshit as colored vinyl as far as, you know... The, just, just a gimmick just a or whatever. Distraction. Yeah. You know, a distraction. And uh, because anyone who really cared about music wanted a an album with the full artwork, and you just couldn't, you couldn't deliver that on a cassette, and uh seemed like cassettes didn't last as long, although, you know, they tend to to, to be okay... But I think Greg and Chuck wanted to do that um, just because, you know, would test out the cassette. I mean, Damage came out on the Unicorn label, uh, LP and cassette. And Black Flag was, you know, a popular band. So skaters carried a box with them and they had punk rock cassettes. And so you could sell cassettes, you know, if, if you were Black Flag. I mean, I... The, the other thing we did was more like, uh, you know, the Minutemen First Bells was putting all of their early things onto a cassette. And then at some point, the albums came out in cassette versions, too, starting with, God knows, um, Double Nickels, I guess. Yeah, I um, guess I guess I just you know, assumed that you read so much about how hard it was to keep the back catalog in print. I, I thought maybe that this was an attempt to just allow that to go out of print. No, our our no, our our uh, our idea was to keep the the back catalog in print and uh, on vinyl and uh, not mess with it. I mean, those guys would change the color of the nervous breakdown sleeve, and once I got there, I just kept reordering it as red because I 
I didn't want to tease people. I, I when we we were when I was at Systematic and we were doing uh, independent stuff and rough trade stuff. You kind of uh, liked how rough trade had sort of stopped encouraging the the things that Stiff Records was doing with colored vinyl and um, accidentally on purpose uh, inverting the picture sleeve, you know, and goofy things to make people buy, you know, five Devo albums uh, when they were on uh, Virgin, I think. There's, there's five different colored vinyl, and, you know, Henry kind of was into record collecting in that sense, and Greg wasn't. He didn't even own any records, <laughs> but he would uh, he would hear that and think, well, maybe we should be doing that. You know, like it, did, it didn't matter to him, um, right. and we might sell more records. And you know, I just thought that was uh, uh, I was a snob on on that issue. You know, I thought let's do the record, figure out what the package is, and then that will be the package forever. Do you know what? Like, did you yeah. what the ratio would have been? Of sales, were you still selling way more vinyl than cassettes? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know what it would have been. It depends on the band, really. But you know, when we when we did like the Minutemen, uh, my first Bells, or the first four years Black Flag, you know, that was convenient. So people who even had all the vinyl, they might buy that too. And um, but it was a matter of you'd sell a few hundred. It, the advantage of cassettes is you didn't have to press a thousand to get a decent price break. So you could just order 200, you know. Okay, so I was 0 for, 0 for 1 there. Uh, here was my second shot. I had another theory that because you and I grew up in playing in bands mostly in the 90s, and we, you know, we both were in bands that made lots of tapes, right? That's kind of, oh, yeah. you know, what you did back then. And, I, you could not afford to do anything but duplicate tapes yes. in the 90s. There's no there's no way. And uh, every band that I was in that put out a tape, not once did I pay anybody to reproduce those J cards. I made them all myself, photocopied, cut, and stuck inside the, uh, the case. So just uh, based on SST's kind of DIY work ethic... They were constantly looking for ways to cut corners and just, again, I don't have the cassette, but I've looked at it online and it's black and white. The cover's black and white. So my assumption was that they did it themselves. They just photocopied it like a flyer, cut, you know, had a, had a big party at SST and got, uh, you know, all the roadies and all the people you normally hear about. Mike Watt was always pitching in, etc., cutting up these J cards and putting them in cassette tapes. And uh, here's what Joe had to say about that. No, no, it was done up there. I don't uh, believe that, I think um, Naomi shot that cover, so I have no memory of how we came up with that cover. She did the Seven Inch Wonders of the World cover, and uh, and then the, the Minuteman was a Pettibone drawing. Yeah. But there was a photograph of the Black Flag singles, right? Yeah. The first four years cassette. Maybe there's somebody credited there, but it could be that Posh Boy helped us do that. I don't know. Posh Boy did The Future Looks Bright, <clears throat> which, you know, in the period when Black Flag, when I wasn't down there yet, Posh Boy put a bunch of his bands on one side and there was a bunch of SST bands on the other side. And that was maybe the first stains came out that way. 
and but that was a posh boy mm, production and distribution thing and it had a pettibone painting of elvis on it and so that you know that was probably the first cassette that had sst stuff on it and that was probably put out earlier in the year from before the damaged album came out in uh december 81 that future looks bright probably came out while i was still at systematic summer of 81 something like that so i'm i'm oh for two another indeed <laughs> another theory shot to <laughs> shit <laughs> to quote the Minutemen. yeah <laughs> the uh the saint vitus interview was went much better but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a little tease of uh of Joe Carducci and you you can hear a lot more of him uh, on next week's episode and it was it's a great interview it was probably close to 40 minutes I learned so much stuff about uh his you know time at the label especially the the early years some interesting stuff about Satan Vitus that I didn't know so please tune in for that next week so there you go that's uh that's kind of what I got with the uh actual release where what do you have Ryan Not much I mean we have seen all these covers before, except, I guess, for the Louie Louie one. We won't get to Louie Louie for some time, I don't think, right? Did that ever come out on SST? Yeah, I mean, it has a catalog number of 175. Hmm. Yeah, it's the only Black Flag-related uh, thing I don't have. I mean, I have the first four years, so so I'm glad it's on there, because I don't own it otherwise. I don't have it as a standalone single, no. I only have it on here. Yeah. And it has damaged one, right? Yeah the Louis Louis single, but not much more to add here other than a whole bunch of flyers on the back, which are all almost all Pettibone drawings, which as usual are very provocative and they have, you know, the usual stuff, I guess, Charles Manson, cops, uh, a whole bunch of crazy looking stuff, people going insane guns very very provocative stuff i mean this is the lp we're talking about yeah the back of the lp has got the uh, a lot of flyers there's a great flyer there as well that shows kind of an image of greg ginn playing guitar he's just just freaking out it's just a live shot and he's playing his has his button-up shirt and just with his mouth open and uh, i can just imagine the intensity there but Not much else to mention about the release. There are no run-out grooves on my copy, unfortunately. One other th- uh, spiel, I guess, now that the cat's out of the bag and we everybody knows uh, about our special guest next week, I also asked him about um, who's on the cover of the TV party sing- single, because that's, that's haunting me, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and, Who is uh, it? Well, he didn't know. Well, we've got one. Adrian Ginn is one of the people, the third brother, the third Ginn brother. And Joe Carducci is not on the cover. So we've got Adrian right. Ginn, Chuck, Greg, Mugger. He figures one, uh, somebody that owned the house is on the cover, but he can't remember their name. So Didn't Joe also suggest, although it's not credited on the artwork, that perhaps Naomi Peterson would have taken the photos for the first four years as well? Right, he did say that, yeah. Yeah, it's not on there, but it stands to reason that she would have taken these shots. You never know, though. Like, we're talking about the shots of the... Like, they would have laid out those flyers. Like, now you would scan all those flyers or the uh, album covers and lay them out, like, in Photoshop. But this is, like... These are actual... Like, the cover is, like, a collage of the singles. And they're actually... Yeah, no, it's the actual... 
Yeah. It's, it's the actual jackets, a photo of the jackets. Yeah. Yeah, he figures she, she might have taken that photo. And it stands to reason that she would have because she was, by this point, she was their, definitely their go-to person for, for uh, photography. Let's do the ballot result. Yeah, let's do the ballot result. Ballot result. Where'd you end up on this one? I'm going to end up exactly where I think you're going to end up. Take it away. Let me grab it. I mean, my, my first thought was clocked in. I also really like machine. Oh, I would pick clocked in over machine. Yeah, let's do clocked in. It's a classic. I couldn't remember what depression was on. I was hoping it was on here because I know you really like that, but yeah, uh, that's, that's, maybe it's on Wasted. No, depression starts side two of Damaged. Yeah, maybe it's on Wasted again. And and on Clocked In, I seem to recall like when Rollins talks about, you know, the starting days of when they were kind of checking him out and seeing if he was going to take over when Des moved over to second guitar, that when he and other folks from DC drove up to see Black Flag, the song, like they got Henry to come up and sing Clocked In because he had to go back to DC for his job at the the ice cream shop, I thought. And so that's why... Yep. Clocked In is a good song for that too because it's a pretty important song in the uh, the saga of Black Flag and how Henry joined the band. For sure. Next week. St. Vitus, self-titled, SST22. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. 